Welcome to the Heart Posture Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jazz. And we are two curious, ever-learning teachers who continually find a deeper connection with Jesus on our yoga mats. We believe Jesus was the ultimate yoga teacher. And while he may not have practiced handstands, he lived our favorite asana, the heart posture. Hey Jess. Hey Michelle. We're here. We are here. And would you like to breathe with me? Always. Cool. So if you can join us wherever you are, take a moment and pause and connect with your breath. Simply noticing how your inhales and exhales are moving through your body. You might even join me by placing one hand on your belly and one hand on your chest. And then we'll take three cleansing breaths together, first emptying our air out. And inhale in deeply through the nose or mouth. And a sigh of relief out. Two more like that. Inhale. And exhale. One more. And out. Yeah. I feel so much better. Yes. (laughs) My heart rate was pumping a little bit. uh, Because this is really cool. This is... Our podcast, we're here. I know. Cool. Well, before I begin, we want to acknowledge the land that we are currently recording on. And this land belongs to the Tongva Keech Gabrielino Nation and peoples. And we love to start our yoga asana classes and our recordings with these land acknowledgements because we feel that it is a crucial part of the first step towards reconciliation and we are coming from a truly a perspective of gratefulness for the Tongva Keech people and the way that they cared for and tended to this land. Yeah, for past, present, and future generations. Yep. And we also want to acknowledge the lineage that Michelle and I both come from and our training, my training goes back to Michelle's training and Michelle's training (laughs) traces back to TKV Desika Char. And my favorite quote of his that I've started including in my classes too is, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. And so he's Mm. really just all about this practice of or this intention of everyone practicing yoga. Yeah, really making it as accessible as possible and individualizing it for your specific needs. Yeah. We'd also like to take this opportunity to acknowledge all of our teachers that have influenced both of us as individuals, right? Yeah. (laughs) So who are some (laughs) of your teachers, Jess? My Bible teachers, I would definitely say the Bible Project. So Tim Mackey and John Collins have had a huge impact on the way that I understand scripture now. And in terms of my yoga philosophy, you are one of my teachers. Mm. 
and we've had so many great teachers. So many. Yeah. I mean, my teacher and direct mentors, Kelsey Delane. And I also want to acknowledge, as far as like faith background goes, my dad is my mm-hmm. first teacher about Jesus. Totally. <laughs> Being a pastor's kid, definitely my mom. She definitely lives lives it out. Yeah. And then, you know, all of our, and I know you would feel the same, all of our junior high pastors, mm-hmm. high school pastors, yeah. every Bible class that I took in high school, yep. I'm sure what classes <laughs> that we took in college, they've all informed us in one way or the other, even if it was like an unlearning. Totally. Um, But I would definitely agree deconstructing my faith through the Bible project, which all thanks to you. You're definitely one of my my Bible teachers. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, cool. So we started this podcast to address this question, should Christians do yoga? People ask this all the time. And even if you Google it, you just yeah. put put in should Christians and you'll yeah. see the different things that come up. <laughs> yes. Like drink. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to answer that one. Um, but yoga is definitely one of them. Totally. And if you're looking for answers to this question from a source that is church or Christian related, then chances are the response is essentially no. Right. And boiling down to a lot of different reasons, some of them being that yoga is Hindu worship or that when we practice breath work, we're welcoming in the devil. Yeah. It's just so weird. What is it? The doorway (laughs) to evil? Yeah. The gateway? Yeah. And that emptying our mind is is opening us up to to evil. <laughs> yes. It just, it just not, it's not our goal. It's like yeah. to empty our mind. Totally. So we are not here to give you a yes or no response to this question. We would love to talk about what we've learned and to share our experiences as followers of Jesus, practicing our faith on and off of our yoga mats. And another question that we like to address is, can yoga practitioners find guidance and solace in Jesus? That's a big one. It is a big one. And, you know, I, I've i found, surprisingly, when I talk to people in the yoga world, uh, they have no problems with Jesus. In fact, they're always like, Jesus was super cool. It's Christianity as a yeah, whole and totally. religion as a whole that turns them off. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had that same experience. Yeah. And so maybe you are here to get an answer to one of these questions. Maybe you're here to simply learn and see what we have to say. Either way, we are so glad that you're here and we help. Yes. We hope that what we share with you will be able to create conversations or maybe just another way of seeing yourself, your community, your belief system, your world. Yeah. I'd also like to say, too, we don't claim to be anything more than (laughs) students and practitioners and followers. And so we both have a clear understanding of our of our our role here. And our role is just to share what we know to be true. Also recognizing that truth can evolve. Yeah. And um, we have a whole episode on that. We do. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, when you know better, you do better. And so thank you in advance for your grace when we may misspeak. Yeah. We're hoping to have some, yeah, like fact check episodes and stuff like that. So definitely. Cool. Yeah. So Michelle, tell us a little bit about your faith background. 
So originally my parents were part of a legalistic church and it was very, very strict. So much so that women could not wear pants. I don't know if you've heard of this, this denomination. Actually, I went to a Bible study growing up and the women teachers couldn't wear pants and it was something that my mom was really upset about and it was I think when they asked her to teach like the first couple years she said okay but then like she started to not like it as much and one of the things she brought forward was I want to wear pants and so they they told want to wear pants I know so they actually did tell her okay you can wear pants Thank you for letting your mom wear pants. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so there's a lot of really crazy stuff. That's just one tiny example of it. And thankfully, they were freed from it and moved into non-denomination. So, so yeah, I grew up in a very small Latina church. And then when I got to junior high, moved to the suburbs from East L.A. and then started going to a, a a more, what did you say, like a mega church? Yeah. A non-denomination. And so it was neat to be able to experience both of those cultures. Yeah. And um, and today, yeah, I see church as something totally different yeah. than the buildings. Totally. So you grew up as a PK. I can imagine that maybe your dad was not stoked about you first practicing yoga. Yeah, he. it wasn't even that. My, my parents were pretty chill with me growing up. So it was never something that I felt guilty about doing. Okay. But it was more of a fear. Okay. It was like, you be careful with that yoga. Uh-huh. <laughs> and how did you get to that yoga? <laughs> yeah, so I was I was a freshman in college. I was 18 years old, and I was a gym rat because I love sports and athletics, and moving my body was where I was all at. And so I would go to every class, kickboxing and um, body works. <laughs> There's a yoga class. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to go try it out. And it was a really huge culture shock because everybody was quiet and serious. And I was so used to being upbeat and loud and competitive. Yeah. Uh, I still was competitive <laughs> on my mat. And uh-huh. that's actually what kept me going was totally. all the inversions and the arm balances. Same. So I was super down for it. And then from there, my practice evolved from this physical practice to now a a mental practice where I realized as a type A person going to college, working, serving in the church, you know, doing all the things, Mm -hmm. I found myself actually staying for the Shavasana versus rolling up my mat and heading out (laughs) because I was one of those people that would do that. Like, I don't got time for Shavasana. Nope. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, oh, this actually is making me feel... um, a little bit more clear at the end. And then it k- turned into an emotional practice. And it was the first time I took Sean Korn's hip opener class, 90 minutes long. And I was in pigeon for so long and started bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and I was, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, why am I crying? I'm just crying so much. I mean, she held us in it for so long. Uh, and so, so then I was really blown away by by that experience, and then from there it became a spiritual practice where I started to really hear from God on my mat. And of course, I did because it was silent. Mm-hmm. You know, even though yeah. there's somebody teaching you, you're still having the space and the time. Yeah. And so, what blew my mind was this concept of prayer and meditation. And prayer is when we're talking to God. So my whole life, I've been 
talking to God, but I haven't put myself in positions to hear from God, which is meditation. Yeah. And that's what's provided at the end of every class. That five minutes is gold. Yes. And so. Absolutely. That is why I'm so, I'm so in love with this practice (laughs) because it brings me closer to who I'm also in love with, God. Yeah. So. Totally. (laughs) That was so beautiful. What about you? (laughs) What's your church background and yoga background? You grew up going to India. Yes. Right? Yeah. I also grew up in the church, not quite a PK, but pretty close because my dad was the choir director of this church for 26 years and started literally, I think, a week before I was born. So I was there for most of my life. Wow. And it was also pretty legalistic. Um, My family was one of like two, three brown families in the church. So you were the diversity. Yeah. So we were the diversity. (laughs) And I am thankful. I'm thankful now for it because even though it was legalistic, I feel like I have experienced like all, you know, both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. And I found yoga. I have a weird relationship with yoga because as Michelle mentioned, I've grown up going to India since I was a baby. My mom is from India, from the Northeast. And so I grew up learning about yoga as something that Hindus practice, but because my family is Christian. It's not something that they practiced. Mm. And so growing up into high school, when yoga started to become popular here, I was like, wait, is this the same yoga? <laughs> and it wasn't the same and yoga. And it was not the same yoga because my next trip back to India, I asked my cousins about like, where are the yoga studios? Like, can I go to yoga class? And they're like, you Westerners. <laughs> you don't go to yeah. yoga. <laughs> yeah, my cousins are just laughing at me. Did they do they practice yoga? Um in the form of a lifestyle or Yeah, I would okay. say that they do. Okay. Yeah. But then I actually came to this Western practice of yoga through Michelle. I met Michelle at Chili's. And Chili <laughs> yeah. And then um, my first yoga class was with our friend Dusty. It was a hot yoga class, not into it. And then the second time, my second yoga class was in Dusty's garage. And I had this amazing experience in Shavasana where she told us to release the space in between your eyebrows. Mm. And I had never even <laughs> known that I was holding space there my whole life. And I just felt like it's just such a small part of your body, but... When you finally release it after a long day or maybe after like 22 years, (laughs) you know, you just feel like it's the Grand Canyon opening up into like your soul. And so after that moment, I started to pursue it more, but online because I was afraid of yoga studios. I was just very like intimidated. What were you intimidated about? Because I had obviously seen like through ads and the commercialization of yoga that yoga studios were filled with thin white bodies that have Lululemon on head Mm -hmm. to toe. And I'm like, how can anyone spend more than $35 on (laughs) any? Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's just a little bit intimidating. But then you opened up United Yoga Mm -hmm. and I immediately felt at home and just uh, really developed my practice from there. I was so grateful when you signed up for a membership. 
I felt so honored. I Yes. And it was something that honestly (laughs) I was stressed out about because anyone who's listening, if you've had a yoga membership, you've considered it, you're like, my gym membership only costs like $30 a month. (laughs) Like, why is this like 80, which was a deal. I got like the beginning of the year deal. Otherwise, it was like more than 80. It was like over 100. And I'm like, is this worth it? Why are they charging so much? (laughs) But, but, you know, it's, I, I see it as an investment into, I mean, you could say it's an investment in yourself, like they do at the gym, but it's like an investment into your mental and spiritual well-being, which is why I think that it can and should be more than a gym membership because at the gym you're attacking just like your physical right. layers yeah and we start with that in yoga but really we're like we're, we're working in towards like your heart space yeah and, and so and we're yeah. i would say also you're investing into your community yeah because because there are studios who have high memberships and they're still only focused on the physical like a gym totally and so we're really really blessed lucky privileged to have united where where people are more open to this practice being the full slice of pizza as you would say totally yeah and then when you meet your teachers and you're like oh my gosh like you are a professor you're a teacher you do this and you do that and you're like oh how like of course I want to support you yeah like of course I want to support this space so that is yeah I think giving back to or like just being a part of that community is one reason why I did take that dive and become a member Thank you for doing yeah. that, Jess. And now you are a teacher there. <laughs> and now, yeah, I get to facilitate. And it's, yeah, just been such a great blessing. The biggest blessing definitely on my spiritual life. Because as you said, in those moments in Shavasana, when you're finally, like, truly quieting, we've grown up in church. And so we know that we're supposed to, like, pray without ceasing about anything and everything. But I think what our teachers tend to forget is that we also have to listen or at least growing mm-hmm. up I didn't hear and hear as much about like what it looks like to really listen to God mm-hmm. and I think people are talking about it more like yeah. the book I'm reading right now Enter Wild by Carlos Whitaker the whole thing I know it's so good the Ooh, whole thing is just about like slowing and being quiet right it's also like rich Viodas's deeply yes. filmed life yeah that, I mean that book solidified what yeah. I already knew to be true within me totally and I'd also like to add that is what yoga is yeah you know if, if we can just take a moment to pause yoga comes from the root word yug which mm-hmm. means to yoke it means to connect to unite and we are connecting ourselves with something higher, bigger than ourselves. We're connecting ourselves with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're so disconnected. We live disconnected lives physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Totally. We're connecting with other people. And so when we practice yoga, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali says that yoga is the practice of stilling the fluctuations of the mind. And then the, the third sutra says, in order to get to the truth of who we are, mm-hmm. as my teacher would say. Yeah. And that part right there. Yeah. And so we know the truth of who we are is we're children of God. Yeah. And that we're made in God's image. Yeah. And, and that we each hold this divine breath within us yes. that we like don't tap into. But, you know, I'm, I finally have finished reading the Bible in a year chronologically. And it is so... Thank you. Thank you. It's taken me a long time. I've never done it. It's taken me so many, so many starts. But yeah, it's truly amazing how often God says to be still, to slow down, 
and how much emphasis there is on the breath that I think is overlooked in churches. And and so Mm -hmm. it just makes me so sad when I read about breath practices being evil. It's like, this is all over scripture Mm -hmm. for a reason. Like that's what powers us is is prana, God's breath. Like it's one and the same. Wasn't in Genesis, didn't it say that God breathe it into his yeah. nostrils yeah into into humanity and then job says that the universe everything runs on this prana of god this breath and that if god were to pull back god's breath everything would cease mm, wow yeah and so it's just like <sighs> so we're gonna have a whole episode on pranayama <laughs> Which, by the way, another disclaimer is that we are going to be using Sanskrit words that you'll hear us. And Sanskrit's an ancient language, much like Greek and Hebrew and Latin. Yes. And we're going to butcher the words. Yeah. (laughs) So, again, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your forgiveness as we try. Yep. And as we continue to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... Considering all of this, why are, are why are we calling ourselves the heart posture? Well, we always come back to it. We every time we've had these conversations in the last several years of knowing each other, when we just we get our minds blown by our faith and by our practice, we always go back to, oh, it's just all depends on your heart. Yeah. You know? When the Pharisees come and ask Jesus all these hard questions, actually, they're not really hard. Yeah. And they're always the wrong question. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and Jesus always goes, it's about your heart. And some, I'm, I'm also paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So posture, we know in yoga asana, we practice so many different postures, um, physical postures. We know inversions, the splits, mm-hmm. pigeon. But there is also, we believe, like a deeper posture of the heart that act from and respond from. And so when we talk about our heart posture, we are examining our actions, what our actions are rooted in. The root of our actions, yeah. We're examining the root of our actions. I teach middle school, and so I see I'll have, you know, students like slumped way down in their desks, and I am I come by and tap on their desk, and I'm like, hey, you with us? And they're like, yep, with you. Totally here and paying attention. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> Can you sit up? <laughs> and so your like, we all everything. know your posture is everything. Yeah. yeah. And so God gives us like these comparisons of giving and like there are people who give so that they can hopefully receive something in return or they give to have write off on their taxes or they give, you know, so people can praise them for giving, praise them for giving. But God says, like, you know, when you give, like I'm looking at your heart posture, like, are you giving just to give, to provide, to help, to support, to encourage, to empower? Quiet behind the scenes without recognition. Yeah. What is your heart posture? And so it all comes down to our heart posture. It's something that you'll hear us say probably a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Jesus was ultimately our example of somebody who lived a life with such a pure heart posture. Yes. And so we are just so excited to take this walk with you. And we want to finish every episode with a tangible practice. Yeah. And so what do you think we can do this week? So perhaps this week our listeners can consider examining their own heart posture and what it's been like in this season and what has been driving their daily actions. Cool. Cool. That's great practice. 
Yay. And then when we return, we're going to be breaking down. Our first season is focused on the Yamas. The Yamas, yeah. Do you want to just really quick say what that is? Sure. The Yamas are yoga's ethical practice. And so according to the sutras or the teachings of Patanjali, this ethical practice actually comes way before the physical practice. Mm -hmm. And so we just felt it was appropriate to start here. Also, because as you're going to see, there's so much overlap with Mm -hmm. the Yamas and the Niyamas and the teachings of Jesus. Cool. I'm excited. Me too. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Michelle. May we all be open to new ways of seeing ourselves, the world, and our faith. Yay! And also, big thanks to Jasmine's brother, Justin Royce, who created, creatively created, (laughs) I love it so much, our intro and outro. If you'd like to check out more of his music, you can find him on Bandcamp under the artist name True Third, T-R-U-T-H-I-R-D.